1: Welcome, guys, to the second part of uh, uh, Heavy Metal Tones' uh, Odyssey and and dive into Genesis' a great, wonderful classic uh, concept album, "A Lamb Lies Down on Broadway." I hope you enjoyed um, the little special episode I put out um, for my fans and for the uh, just for music lovers in general. The interview with. Uh, Richie Faulkner, I really had a good time talking to him for Metal Ruse. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. It was only a, sh- a short one, but, you know, it's always nice to have something different. So, part two. What did we learn in part one? Well, lo- what we learned in part one, a little reprise if you haven't listened to the episode. We learned about where it was recorded, what's, what uh, systems it was recorded on, issues that they had with within the band and within the, you know, typical sort of... Uh, partnerships and friendships that happen in life we're together for a long time and issues occur and people get sort of edgy with each other it all works out towards in the end doesn't it it works out it worked out to um sort of to the combination of one of the one in my opinion the greatest concept album album of them all um the lamb's eyes down on broadway Uh, it is a it's an album guys that i don't know if i sort of mentioned this in the last episode but It's an album, there's not one you can just dive in and dive out, there are some quote unquote singles that came off it, um, Counting Out Time and so on, but it's not, and individually they're great pieces of music, but really this is a kind of album very much like, um, you know, any good concept album, like Pink Floyd's uh, Dark Side of the Moon, although I wouldn't call it a concept album but that album in itself you do need to listen to it as one entire piece of music uh very much like a lot of the um a lot of the of the 70s prog albums they weren't something you could take a single off you know there was something you had to like camel for instance camel's snow goose um you know that that has to be just put on yeah you've got to turn it over if you've got on vinyl but that's okay it gives you a moment to get yourself a cup of tea and go back to it. Um, or a beer or whiskey or whatever you want, a new cigarette, whatever you choose to do. Um, now, I mean, of course, you can now stream them and doesn't have, need any break. It sort of takes away the romance slightly, but, you know, hey, it's, we talked about that in the past. But So I think this is one of the greatest of the concept albums. Uh, now, in the first part, we talked about that. The second part, we're going to talk about the storyline and the music itself. I'm not going to go too far into technically the music because i think it's such a complex piece of music that i would couldn't do it justice i think i want you to listen to the music itself your of your own free will and uh and then you know but possibly go in with this idea of the story because the story is quite complicated i'm gonna go this is quite wordy this episode sorry guys um because it's a lot of written down stuff that I have to repeat out. So if I feel like I'm getting a bit monotone one speaking like that, not, I apologise, all right? It, you know, I'll do my best. I'll try and inflect where I can, all right? <laughs> Sorry. I'll okay, go up and down, up and down into my volume. Right? And then you won't feel so... <laughs> you won't feel so, like, fall asleep. Like, oh, God, he's talking about it. So where do we start? Okay, it Gabriel used New York... As a tool to make Rail more real, you try and say that quite quickly. Rail more real, um, and more extrovert and violent, choosing to develop a character that is least likely a person to fall into the pansy claptrap. Aiming for a story that contrasted between fantasy and character, he explained that as the story progressed, Rail finds he is not a, as butch as he hoped, and his experiences eventually bring out more romantic side in his personality. Now, I thought about this, and uh, after reading this, and it's very. This whole album, I think, is so autobiographical on Gabriel's part, uh, more so than ever before, uh, than I've ever thought, actually. It wasn't until I sort of sat down and really, really listened to the lyric in, you know, absolute sort of concentration levels to see, because, you know, you listen to albums and sometimes the lyric goes past and you, you think that's a nice nuance, it's a nice movement with the music, but you don't you don't catch its, its intricacies, and this album has a lot of that. Okay, you know, um, Gabriel deliberately kept the ending ambiguous in the drama, uh, but clarified that real, real does not die. Although he compared the ending to a build-up of a suspense of a fa- of a drama in a film, which is true. I think it's very s- cinematic um, as it goes. I think you know it's a very cinematic um, album. Again, that's why I think you need to. I mean, I, I I do it in a century deprivation kind of way. That sounds weird, guys. I don't mean you know There's a couple of things that I do. Um, let you into a little secret. So I either run a hot bath, um, get in... I know not everyone likes a bath, but I just get in the bath, headphones on, music playing. Of course, I have to use a, a smartphone for that because I can't get out of the bath to turn the record over. But And then I just sort of... I get a hot face... I get a face cloth, like a flannel, right? And I put it across my eyes. And if it's not... If it's at night time, I turn the light off. It's during the day I put a face cloth over my eyes and I lie there and listen. Um, and I really try and fall away into the music and otherwise what i tend to do is i'll lie on the i'll lie on a bed with my headphones on with um eye eye covers or in the dark depending again and just because i find that if if i've got too much outside of my vision so i'm looking at things I'll, i'll daydream i will go somewhere else but if i've got my senses most of my senses blocked off um i find i get more out of it i mean uh, worth you trying guys it's really worth doing not so much maybe with some really sort of heavy heavy metal might not work as well but in the more sort of subtle music that you might choose in your in your uh, library it's worth doing i mean you can still do it with a really heavy stuff i have done it i just don't get as much out of it because you you don't have time to take your breath with it anyway all right um there's there's several of the stories occurrences and settings derive from gabriel's own dreams as i said so i still feel this is very because it's very, very autobiographical. Collins remarked that the entire concept album, this Phil Collins, was a split personality. The individual songs also make uh, satirical allusions to mythology, sexual revolution, advertising, consumerism. As I mentioned in the previous episode, you know, we talk about he talks about some characters in some of the songs, or they're not characters, they're real people that I'd never even heard of, you know, uh, Marshall McGuin and all these sort of people. Again, listen back to this previous episode if you haven't and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, Gabriel felt the songs alone Were not enough to detail all of the action in his story So he wrote a full plot on the album sleeve And that is true I have sat and read that I have read that Word for word I don't know how many times in my life um, And It never quite makes sense to me Uh, But you know That's okay right guys Because That's the whole point of this album This whole experience for you listener and me um, to go back over it and to do that sensory def- deprivation thing um, and sit there and you know often as well when I do that I like to have a, um, a glass of single malt whiskey now if you're not a drinker that's fine you can do whatever you want but I, I find that really sort of it calms me as well um, and then I I think of the drink flavour and not the environment around me as well This sounds all hippy dippy um, but it's how I've always able to see beyond just the musical notes in records i've done it for a very long time and i think that it's up since i was probably at 15 or 16 um, and it's well worth doing anyway so let's get to the plot summary right now this is a bit as i go through um each part of the plot will coincide with a track on the album and i'll tell you the track names as we get to them there's a lot of tracks on the album as you can imagine it's four sides uh, a vinyl although as i did discover it was released in canada as single-sided because that's what originally peter Gale wanted he wanted individual albums um and i knew i had one and i went looking for it and i don't have it anymore i must have left it in the uk when i emigrated to australia because i left a lot of records there um because i was looking at you know couldn't take everything with me and i think Because I already had the double, I didn't think about the single and I wasn't really thinking about it now. I mean, God knows what it'd be worth. But if it's still available, if there's any around, I mean, I don't even know if I imagined it. I just remember having the single version of it. The first two sides. Anyway, plot summary of this amazing album. One morning in New York City, Royale is holding a can of spray paint. Hating everyone around him, he witnesses a lamb lying down on Broadway which was a profound effect on him. And that's the voice of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, the title track. A side note, um, that there was a lot of talk about Lamb being an issue for the name. Um, I, I don't know why. I think there was something, maybe a Muslim thing. I don't know. Sorry, if I, I'm not trying to... Uh, I don't know much about that sort of thing, but I just read that he, there was issues with calling it The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and the, and the metaphor for The Lamb. And uh, Gabriel says he... He had an illusion. He saw a lamb, a, a, a sort of uh, a, a dream, and he saw a lamb lying on Broadway, down on the street. So I think that's basically it. Nothing more than nothing less. As he walks, a movie. As he walks along the street, he sees a dark cloud take the shape of a movie screen and slowly move towards him. Finally, absorbing him, fly on a windshield. Favorite song on the album. One of my favorite songs on the album. And brilliant life. Um, Seeing explosion of images of the current day, Broadway Melody of 1974. That's the second track. Third track. Before he wakes up in a cave and falls asleep once again. That's Cocoon, Cocoon. Um, that is a... That's a, a catchy number, that. that. I mean, you know, for all of... Um, for all of the... Uh, heaviness and intellectual nuances of this album and of prog in general, they do make catchy songs. and so Cocoon... cuckoo cuckoo, cocoon sorry cuckoo oh Tony cuckoo cocoon Um, Rael wakes up and finds himself trapped in a cage of stalactites and stalactites which slowly close in towards him as he tries to escape he sees many other people in many other cages before spotting his brother John outside Rael calls to him but John walks away and the cage suddenly disappears and that's in the cage a wonderful piece of um, Gabriel uh, singing the uh sings the high notes, you know, and he goes in the cage. Oh man, I can't give it any, you know, people going, Oh, cat's screwing, Tony. Um, no, I can't sing, but that that is it's a beautiful piece, it's quite um sad and it's really uh lonely as a piece of music thing. And of course, the band fill that book, that soundscape with such um, a, a sort of ominous tone. I still think this is um, Smith, uh, Colin's best drumming ever. Right? Ever. But The phone's ringing again. One second. There we go. It's gone now. Uh, now, rail finds himself on the floor of a factory and is given a tour of the area by a woman, where he watches people being processed like packages. He spots old members of his New York City gang, also John with number nine stamped on his forehead. Fearing for his life, rail escapes into a corridor. And then we have the grand... Parade of Lifeless Packaging this one weirdly and I think it's because of uh, another brick in the wall the animated video for that the the video clip with the hammers all walking around in my head when I listen to this song I see those images I just see the hammers walking Um, and I don't know why it just as I said so lying there in the dark that's what I see and now when I listen to it I can't unsee it um, again, a great allegory on um, consumerism. Really, really, uh, almost as well, Have you seen the movie and Green, um, oh, sorry, um, or oh, if you know the movie Soylent Green or even Logan's Run or things like that, it has that feel to it, right? It has an extended flashback of returning from a gang raid in New York City, and then they got back in New York City as the next song, uh, and that has another really good piece of Banks, Tony Banks' refrain in that and it's almost like a reversed loop sound, almost sounds like it's being recorded um, backwards and played forward in the beginning, it's really um, experimental in that, and it's again a brilliant track A Dream Where His Hairy Heart is Removed and Shaved With a Razor, Hairless Heart again, Hairless Heart Um, I don't know if Gabriel is particularly religious, Um, he may be uh, but I'm thinking of the hair shirt, you know, and the um, the penitent man, you know, like the story of Edward. I think it was Edward I that walked from Canterbury to London to Canterbury in a hair shirt. Um, might not be Edward I. I put one of the, one of the early kings of England did it to prove that he was uh, he killed when he'd wait, let's see when he killed um, or when he accidentally had. Um, uh, he's um archbishop murdered by accident and it, um, and that's um i see one second i'll get my phone because my brain it was uh of course it was it was thomas beckett uh who was murdered um on ele- in 1170 on 29th of december uh king henry ii uh, was the king i was thinking of sorry i had to go google that i knew it in my head because you know I should know that stuff, but it just came to me. And you know, as we go see, this is it. It came in as we were chatting live on the show. See, notes, notes, notes. When you write notes and then you don't take notes of them. Anyway, so that's what. So say. penitent man. Get back to it. So I zap back to where I was coming from. Um, and his first sexual encounter, counting out time. Oh man, what a great track that is. That that um, as a young man, uh, you know, getting to my. Into my prime as we all young men know um fascinated by the opposite sex of all the same sex depending on what your taste is it doesn't bother me um you sort of don't know what you're doing do you like it's like having a car and not knowing how to put it in the first gear right and that's exactly the same thing with this um it's counting out time and it's about um basically about karma sutra and when i saw um music box do this live the guide did a great explanation of this uh, this track was a track before they played it and it was so fantastic anyway Rail's flashbacks end and he finds himself in a long red carpeted corridor people crawling towards a wooden door Rail runs past them and it exits via a spiral staircase the carpet crawlers that's the next that's the next song the carpet crawlers and that's got a brilliant um, lyrical refrain right at the beginning um, the carpet crawlers heed their crawlers You've got to get out to get it, You've got to get in to get out, which is like again sort of hippie ish. Um, but a brilliant piece of um, I don't know, literary, is it literary, is alliteration because it's all the C's? Yeah, um, at the top of the he enters a chamber with 32 doors, surrounded by people and unable to concentrate. The chamber of 32 doors again, see. I don't know what this actually means. I have pondered it and I've pondered it and I've pondered it. I don't know what the significance of 32 is. Um, It might be in the age. I mean, who knows? He might have been 32 when he recorded this. I'd have to look into that, actually. Let's do some live research now. Let's do it now. Hold on a second. No, he was 24. So, still, man, 24 and writing lyrics like this is crazy. So that's one hypothesis that came to my head that disappeared quite quickly. See how these things can just come and go in your head. Anyway, where was I? Raoul finds a blind woman who leads him out of the chamber. Lily White Lilith. Okay, now uh, Lilith is a uh, ancient. Um, I think it's a Roman god. It could be a Greek. Again, I'm not overly fave with that. And she uh, was a was I think like a, a harbinger of death. I think. And into another cave, the waiting room. Uh, Again, sort of like, again, it's all about, you know, think about it, right? Chamber of Doors, counting out time, the waiting room. There's all these sort of um, looking for things, kind of, you know what I mean? It's all like about, it's about sort of linear, uh, liminal spaces almost, isn't it? Like the cave, the carpeted corridor, waiting room, spaces between. Destinations, and I get a feeling that's Gabriel, because he was sort of like thinking about leaving the band, going on doing solo work. Um, what, and, and this album could almost be probably the space between that, couldn't it? Like the waiting room. So, sort of, if you think about it deeply, um, the sort of the, the carpet court. Craw- sorry, the 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 waiting room, the chamber of thirty-two doors could be one album, maybe uh, maybe selling in England by the pound, and then. You know, the waiting room is um, is is lamb and the space in between is his his wanting to do solo stuff. I i who knows, right? Um, where he becomes trapped by falling okay, okay blah 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 um, yeah, so the waiting room where he becomes trapped by falling rocks anyway little little piece of music called anyway, it's tied in there. Um Raoul encounters death. Here comes a supernatural ath Now this this is a know. Uh, you how do i describe this as being one of the uh, most interesting lyrical ideas ever i reckon it for a prog album it had um uh an interesting had an interesting birth this piece of music uh because um uh what's his name um oh god hang on i've written look, look, one second it had full spectre on this piece of music sorry i I went blank then, I saw his hair in my head and went completely, um, and it's quite eerie, it's a fantastic um, lyrical play on, on death, isn't it? The supernatural supernatural anaesthetist, isn't that fantastic? So, a ghost that's going to put you to sleep, right? The Holy Ghost almost, I imagine I could, you could see it that way again that's why i don't know if, he, if it's a, any religious images that he's trying to bring through here it seems to me that there's a little bit of um, atheism and non-believing non-christian uh, not non-christian you know i mean like um looking beyond the realms of organized religion in this album and he, esca- he escapes the, gr- the, the cave rail ends up in a pool with the three lamia the lamia are also another um greek roman uh uh tail i think they are the one they're the, like the like the um their version of uh mermaids that they pull you into the water um but but not in the ocean but like in the pools of water you look in the water and you get pulled in by by the lamia um beautiful snake-like creatures and has sex with them but they die after drinking some of his blood all right again that's the lamia again Second. Yep. I just checked on my computer it was like doing funny things he leaves the pool in a boat silent sorrow in empty boats is the piece of music now again I think here Hackett has an, uh, a bit of an influence there's a lot of um, uh, of uh, of Mike uh, 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 Rutherford on bass in here and a lot of sort of it has a beautiful emptiness to it again like the other pieces of music uh, in the cage, it's got this emptiness, empty feel, and it's again. You can tell that the music was written separately a lot of the times to the actual lyric, but it marries so so well. Anyway, um, where'd I end up to? Yes, uh, they so he's drinking some of his blood. Now, we're gonna leave that there for a second in that lovely image of these snakes drinking, um, so they like cr- creatures drinking rails blood. Uh, we'll go and have a fresh hot cup of tea, take that taste out of our mouth, and move on to the uh, other part of the album. I hope you've enjoyed this sort of walkthrough and talk through. We all, um, as I said, it would totally be wordy, but you know, it's worth doing. If you should be listening to the album and then reading, listening to this, it might it might take you to those places. Anyway, talk to you soon on the other side, guys. Bye for now. Right, guys. So we're back. Um, we ended the last part of the show with the image of Rael being feasted on by the Lamia, the snake-like creatures that draw you into the water. He has sex with them first, um, and after drinking some of his blood, they die. He leaves the pool in a boat, as I said, silent sorrow in empty boats, and finds himself in a group of uh, himself in a group of slipper men. Now, if you've ever had the pleasure of watching. Peter Gabriel dressed as a Slipper Man. Uh, I haven't seen Gabriel do it. I saw Music Box do it. They did the full exact live show. And we'll talk about the live show in a bit after I've done the detailed talk down of the plot. Um, and basically, he gets born, reborn out of this sort of cylindrical tube, very, very, very um, gyne- gynecological, that's all I can say. And he's this basically deformed um, creature basically like he has like his balloons condoms filled with air and balloons all over him he's like a big sort of bulbous weird um, I can't, that's all I can describe it so if you google it um, and google Peter Gable slipper man you'll see exactly what I'm talking about and when they did it uh, at the Hamsworth Odeon well, sorry whatever it's called now um, the Event Apollo uh, it was, it's pretty bloody amazing really off putting actually strangely enough um, so the Slippermen, distorted grotesque men, with all had the same experiences with the Lamia. So they've all been seduced by, her, by them, and and he finds that he has become one of them, the arrival. So that's what that, that's what coming through the tube, right? It's again, great piece of of orchestral music. Ryle finds John among the Slipper Men, who reveals the only way to become a human again is to visit Doctor D O K T O R Diaper. And, he's, and be castrated, and that's where the song, A Visit to the Doctor, is, comes on. Again, um, I feel uncomfortable in this piece of music, but I always have done, because um, it's quite awkward and, and jarring. Both are castrated and keep their removed penises in containers around their necks. I told you, I told you Gabriel was on something, maybe. Um, again, um, I'm going to come to this point of being self a self-analysis of himself. Um, he's been castrated. He's castrate His brother and himself castrate themselves. I think that could be, if we want to be really intellectual about this, that could be Gabriel, um, because he he had to go back and finish the album lyrically. He didn't want to really do it. He'd gone away to do the the soundtrack with um, the script with William Friedkin. Uh, I think he thinks I'm I, I'm I'm back here doing this. I'm castrating myself. I'm 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 not. Whole because I'm not I'm not wanting to do this, um, and also at the same time he's probably having um, issues with his wife because his wife is going through a very difficult had a very difficult birth, um, and that can make men, and a lot of men feel very um, ca- castrated in some respects because they don't know how to help, they don't know how to um, to to be. And back then in the 70s, men were different, right? They weren't like they are now. We're all touchy feely, be there every minute. I'm sure that he wasn't and it makes him feel a little bit emasculated if you know what i mean i'm just I'm, I'm reading that into it um, but the, and then he, it, the the container is then taken by a raven and he chases after it leaving john behind the raven here and um, again his masculinity has been stolen by this black bird Um, it's been whisked away into the air and and, and away so not only has he emasculated himself but now he has no chance of repairing that emasculation Um, and he uses a bird as an image because a raven is a bird of death so the death of his sexuality maybe who knows I mean I'm getting very deep here aren't I guys man I'm about to lie down um and he chases after it, leaving John. The raven drops the container into a ravine and into a rushing underground river. The ravine, and you've, you can hear the water in that piece of music, by the way. Um, it's quite, quite intense. Rail walks alongside and sees a window in the bank above the head, above his head, which reveals his home amidst the streets. Of the and, he, and this is when the land the light lies down on Broadway. Nice refrain of the first bit i'll re- read that again because i don't think I read it very well rail walks alongside the riverbank sees a window in the bank above his head which reveals his home amidst the streets the light lies down on broadway and again it's the same thing it's the same, it's like da-da, 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 but they just changed the lyric of course uh, faced with the option of returning home he sees john in the river below him struggling to stay afloat despite being deserted twice by john rail dives in to save him and the gateway to new york vanishes riding the scree so again it's almost as like um it's almost like um in my head i image i i picture um if you ever read uh journey to the center of the earth um or listen to it by the rick wakeman one if you listen there's a there's a moment where they're they all you know piling down this river under the in, under the earth and it, i have that sense of speed and rushing and burbling and, and, and t- can't take your breath and it's hard to um to to to, to concentrate and you, you think you can't keep your head above it and you're bashing against the rocks um and it's very fast and twisty and turning and that's what i get with this piece of music um rail only to um rail rescues john and drags his body to the bank of the river to turn him over to look at his face only to see the own fa- his own face instead in the rapids it's all part of that it's all part of that water that 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 Again, he's using water, he's using water maybe as a metaphor of cleansing. So he's he's had his sexuality taken away, um, he feels emasculated, he's chased, he's, it's been dropped into water to cleanse it, he's trying to chase it, uh, he's cleansed himself, and his brother who he, who he finds, obviously, has issues with his brother, keeps manding him, um, he sees that himself... So he wasn't chasing his brother along; he was chasing himself. He, his consciousness then drifts between both bodies and sees the surrounding scenery melting away into a haze. Both bodies dissolve, and rail, rail spirits becomes one with everything around him. The final track, it. I, I, you know, I don't know if I've made it sound too. But that's that's just takes your breath away it really does um anyone that's listening to this has got this far in both episodes obviously either likes the program and i'm glad you do or you really do enjoy um, pushing your 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 mind Uh, and this album does push the mind you don't need hallucinogens to enjoy it you don't you really don't you don't need to be high drunk you just need to just be with it it's an album that says don't go away tone John Millsy, whoever's listening, don't go away. Hold, sit there, listen, because I'm going to engage you in this crazy story about uh, the singer's own life and what's happening. And that's how I read into it. I mean, I reckon you could, I could write a book about this, um, about this album. And I think it should be um, more thoroughly investigated more thoroughly thoroughly. Um, thought about because the lyric is intense the lyric story is incredible he is a genius now, that's not to say that the band aren't genius because the music itself is also wonderful the whole thing the whole package is wonderful most of the music was uh, was developed through improvisation and jams um they 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 had a they, the the member once was originally called victory at sea worked into the side, uh, and then you had another known as the evil jam which became the waiting room um, the concept described by Gabriel is a format being split into self-contained song units he thought the album contained some of the group's best material and the songs it was most proud of during the time of Genesis and I think yes 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 Pete absolutely truly um, Tony Banks thinks that The Lamb Lies Down on Browbo is the best thing they ever recorded together as a band with Gabriel I have to agree with that completely Um, Carpet was developed at a time when Gabriel had written some lyrics but no music and been written for them. The band put together a chord sequence of D and E minor and F sharp minor with a roll from drums following through it. Gabriel spent hours and hours on out of tune piano in the house of his then-wife Jill's parents in Kensington to develop the song. Jill spoke to Gabriel's particular fondness for the track Anyway, and Lily White Lilith, developed from two previously unreleased songs named Frustration and The Light, respectively. Hackett's guitar solo on Counting Out Time was played using EMS synth hi-fi guitar synthesizers. So you see Frustration, so this is all it really does um, it really does come back to pete's own mental condition and health at the time and and that's the same with all great lyrics is it not all great lyrics are, unless they're sort of doo-wop and bebop and nonsense lyrics um most of the time they are deeply personal um mixing on island asked um, peter gabriel asked Brian Eno was working on his out on his album taking tiger um uh, to add synthesizer effects on the vocals with several tracks, including the grand parade of lifeless packaging, Eno's work is credited on the liner notes for of Eno's classic. I wasn't Eno, not bloody. Oh, I said earlier. Oh no, I said um. I said the other guy, didn't I? The one with the big hair that um, that went to prison. I, I was thinking of him, the wall of sound. No, no, I ain't Brian Eno. Ooh, but I apologise. I, I don't know why. I my head, I had this image that it was um. Phil Spector. People will now listen going, you said Phil Spector. No, I meant Brian Eno. I meant Brian Eno. I'm sure I did, didn't I? Let me just quickly check that. This is... Unless he did do stuff. Oh, my God. Give me a second. Uh, Person. No, it was Eno. It was Eno. I I get Eno and Spector mixed up. Anyway... You'll forgive me, I'm sure, don't you? And if you don't forgive me, well, touch it. He knows work is good so yeah, yeah. Um, Now, the the sleeve design. We haven't come across the sleeve design yet, but the sleeve design is uh, a thing of minimalist beauty. Can I say that? I'm going to grab my copy. Let me get my copy. One second. Drag my chair. Now I'm holding the um, 2018 reissue um, because my original copy is precious and I don't want to open it up. But basically, it was done by um, Hypnosis, uh, the art company that does a lot of work for Floyd. Um, in departure, the, the company's previous album sleeps, It wasn't very. It's not very. It's not very comical or brightly coloured. It's um, monotonal. Um, it basically, the front cover is a triptych, so three pictures. It's got rail being pulled out of the water, uh, out of a sort of you can see him, and then you've got rail and holding hands being pulled out of the water in, in, in the waiting room, and then you've got in the corridor of 32 doors, it looks like. But the, the, the picture of him is blank on that, and the, it looks like he stepped out of the picture and he's looking at the middle picture, looking at the rescue. And on the back, you've got a smashed mirror, um, another corridor, and then you've got a, a picture of Raoul surrounded by lots of faces and, and no mouth. Um, it is a beautiful piece of, uh, of, of concept. I don't understand quite what all the um, pictures relate to. I'm sure that it will be somewhere. Originally designed by Paul Whitehead and used on nursery Crime and Foxtrot was replaced by the new, oh sorry, the original designer Paul Whitehead, who worked on Nursery Crime and Foxtrot was replaced with a new one in Art Deco style George Hardy. The left picture on the front depicts Rail in the area where in the rapids and riding scree are set. That was, I thought so. Uh, and then of course when you open it up um, you've got the whole story there with little panels of pictures in between. Uh, there's a lot of words in this. It will take you some time to to uh, get your head around it if you have a copy of it um, on vinyl, um, also when you pull the inner sleeve out it's got very Art Deco, um, both inner sleeves have got very Art Deco sort of imagery, the Genesis logo is a lot more sharp than it used to be, it sort of moves towards the more modern Genesis logo. and second. Once you've seen the Land Lies on a Broadway cover, you're not going to forget it in a hurry. It is a little bit cold, a little bit stark for for the band that they usually are, but this is a different direction for them. First their first double album concept album, first real sortie with Gabriel doing every lyric. Um, I know he mainly writes the lyrics, but he did a lot of the lyric on this, all the lyrics on this one. you can see, you can It sort of really depicts its year, 1974, it has that, um, it, it also sort of really challenges you on whether you're going to, um, whether you're going to love the album or not. I think a lot of time with prog albums, it's all fluffy, you know, fun and, and, and images and, and people have in mind images of prog albums of being about dragons and wizards and all that nonsense and that isn't the case, um. Uh, not most of the time so you know it's not all you know in the court of the crimson king right it's not all brain salad surgery but even brain salad surgery has an album cover that that really does challenge you and it's the same with this uh, this one here now as I said um it the band considered releasing two albums albums, two single albums um, six months apart and they did that in Canada and I said I thought I had a copy of that one no, i didn't but I, well, I don't now because i looked thoroughly through my collection and i've got a very large collection guys took me for ages um you think i'd know more when you i have well, everything that was in my that's in my um that's in my collection but no, not always now so wonderful album i hope that i didn't over i didn't hope I over didn't over talk the the album it is a uh it's quite complicated I'd love to think what you think of each of the tracks. I'd love to think what you think about what it actually means if you're going to sit down and be an intellectualised piece of music. And I think you should. Um, you know, you know. I know it's not the normal heavy metal stuff that we do. Um, but, you know, my love for prog. And, and you know that, really, all I want is for people to enjoy every form of music that they want to enjoy. It doesn't matter if it's heavy, fast, quiet, synth, pop, dance, reggae, punk jazz, I don't really care, honest. I mean the show's called Heavy Metal Tones and, and that sometimes is a misnomer because I love my heavy metal, you know I do. I absolutely love it. Um, the reason why I have the chat I have the show. But at the same time also have other tastes and prog is is one of my main loves outside of that. I just want you to enjoy it. Now the live show, it went it was sadly never videoed in full or filmed um, has been recorded a couple of live albums were recorded they weren't all the same gig but there is a live album that was released on the genesis archives um, cd box set um, about 10 10 to 12 years ago maybe longer um, but the live show when i saw it was brilliant so they did a documentary before where you could watch, we watched the making of all the the the, the shot, the screenshots. Because this is before the days of video um, screens, so all of the sh- all the images that appear behind the band, because um, they had three screens, they were all done with a projector, a slide projector. And it was it had to go, and it didn't always work. Uh, there were nights where the, the the smoke would overtake the stage, and you couldn't see the the, the screens. Um, there were some sort of the screens don't come on, didn't move. Some fabulous, uh, and and the they worked very hard along with um, the guys of hypnosis to produce these really interesting uh, pieces of art that alone themselves were. Um, They weren't, you know, not like you could go to a video, you know, to a picture library now and just take a picture. These people had to go and take the photographs, make them work on a large screen because it had to be resolution, had to be very good. And it was the album was played in its entirety, Um, and at the end they played, I think, if I remember rightly, "Watches in the Sky," and "Musical Box," I think was what they played, or "Cinema Show." Uh, as the only other only other tracks that they did. Now, there was a big hoo ha because Gabriel wanted the album played from beginning to end and the band were like, well, we don't know whether people were going to accept a whole, you know, uh, show with just this one album that has not been heard before. They took the risk and it became one of the biggest their biggest ever tours. And I was sitting next to a guy in London earlier in the year At the show at the music box show um, and he'd said that he'd seen them in Canada in without um, without the video screens in a small like Scout Hall kind of thing because they didn't have any big enough venues in this particular town in Canada and uh, he happened to be this guy happened to be on on, on, in London for a business trip and saw it was on the same with me I happened to be in London to visit my dad and I saw the show was on had no idea um, and for like 20 quid it was, for, you know, like $40 or whatever But one of the best live shows I've ever seen I got to see my favourite album all the way through with brilliant musicians and honestly I'm not a big Phil Collins fan re- his voice I never have done, never have been going to admit to that people who know me know how I feel um, but his drumming is impeccable and on this album where I was sitting I was sort of in the balcony, two rows front um, from up from the front of the balcony, and uh, I could look down on Gabriel. Uh, sorry, not Gabriel. Um, on Collins, and he was just like, like arms were just splashing all over. Me. He had such a a dynamism about himself, just really incredible. And then, of course, Gabriel. I mean, obviously the lead singer of Music Box is copying Gabriel you know, move for movies, watch whatever he can of this particular show. And it was, you know, sometimes, you know when you sometimes you go to um, uh, you go to cover bands um, and you just can't buy into it. It just doesn't, it just f- feels like, it looks like a fat man in a, in a you know, you um, know, like when I saw um, this Guns N' Roses tribute band, which is like some fat dude in a top hat playing, Slash guitar, did I? Couldn't buy into it, I couldn't buy into it. But we with Music Box, um, I, I genuinely bought right into it, I was right in there, I was enthralled from beginning to end. Um, I sang along to songs, I a lot of the time, you know, I close my eyes, um, I do what I do at home, I let myself fall apart in my fall into the music, it was warm. It was, you know it was uh, evening I'd been out all day and had a few pints before I got in there um, I didn't fall asleep John I didn't fall asleep um, and it was just fantastic but they did at the end they did um, actually we were really treated because they did they did watch in the skies they did music box and they did suppers ready uh, which was amazing so it was a really long gig including the the video um, documentary at the beginning about the making of the album and the making of the videos and the tour and now that like um they often talked they also talked about the tour afterwards where gabriel left and phil collins had this laser that he would point into the audience so he could point um point out audience members and sing along with them and and how you know these days the health and safety probably wouldn't let you do that um, but it, he did it they did it back then um and the cost of the touring of the album was in incredible um, I don't think they would have made much money back on the tour itself uh, but the album, as I said, went platinum uh, it's a you know huge selling album now wasn't back then at first but then, you know Genesis are not on a, on a band up until like, Gabriel left they're not a band, or even not even Gabriel I'd say after probably, and then when they were free or whatever it is, um, on from there up until things like, you know Invisible touch and all that I can't dance nonsense um, that's when they made their money, I think, because they changed track, um, saw the wind was changing and went somewhere else and that, and that's fine, you know they have their right to do so. us hardcore fans might go par humbug, shake our fists, and sit in the past, but that's fine, you know, each and to their own. I'm sure I've got friends of mine, big proc heads, who absolutely love invisible touch alright, and tell me that I'm listening to it incorrectly, fine, probably am, and one day I might even give it give it its credence and have a listen you never know um, it might be a bit hard going, but I'll do it anyway rambling on, so the live show that followed this album it's tour this album, controversial because very few album bands now do whole of the their album, a new album start to finish no breaks um it's, you've, got have, you've, got have, you've got to have faith in your audience Faith in your material And let's be honest, balls the size of planets Because it doesn't take long Particularly nowadays for If an audience doesn't like what's going on For a band to suddenly just change track Which is sad, isn't it? Because you should stand by your convictions I'd hate to think that I was in a band Played all this stuff I mean, I saw Metallica During the Death Magnetic Tour It came out late, mind you, and they were phoning it in, you could tell. And, um, they wanted to play most of Death Magnetic and then also stuff from Santa Anger, and everyone just... I mean, I know, poor band, but they went apeshit. So, like booing and throwing things. And, um, the band changed track and started playing, you know, Trapped Under Ice and The One and all the classics, uh, Enter the Sandman, all that stuff, um... Which is what we wanted to go and see We wanted to see that But I generally wanted to see Death Magnetic stuff well Because I wanted to see New life stuff Record like new material um, But there is a hardcore fan out there That will not have it um, You know It's like um, I'm sure uh, That there's There's times when the, um, the Eagles are playing Hotel California And they're going I wish we Fucking Bloody You know Or Maiden with Number of the Beast Or whatever You know They're like Oh god I don't really want to put that In the set but they know they have to. They know they have to because it made their fortune. It made who they are and give them the opportunity to write The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway or Death Magnetic or Saint Anger or whatever, you know you know, or Speed of Light or whatever you you know that's it no, I made maiden maiden reference there. My most disliked Iron Maiden song. Um you know, so you get the opportunity to do it because you, you've made your you've made your money and your and your and your fan base, and they're going to willingly let you do what you want. But at the same time, when you see them live, they're going to forgive you for doing Saint Anger or Lulu because you're going to play into the Sandman and Trapped Under Ice and Creeping Death, right? Aren't you? Um, well, that's what they hope anyway. And if you don't, they're not going to forgive you. Um, and certain fan bases are worse than others, I reckon. Like when I saw Iron Maiden, for, oh, I've seen Iron Maiden so many times. When I saw them the first time in Sydney, here in Australia, um, two thousand and eight, they were supported by some. I mean, it was Lauren Harris was her, her, the support. Um, so it was Steve Harris's daughter. So you weren't going to boo her. But there was a band before Lauren Harris. I don't remember what it was now. But there were people chucking things. They were booing. They were, I mean. Let's be honest. You know, all they really wanted to come along and see is Maiden. they didn't want to see anyone else. And they were not going to let. They were going to let those support bands know it as well. And I think that's a bit cruel. I mean, I've been here. I've booed support acts, but only because they're crap, um, and only crap in my opinion. I should say they're probably fantastic. I'm not up there playing them, am I? I'm not got a guitar in hand and and risking my you know um, reputation and my my you know and sometimes life actually being up on those stages um but you know anyway uh well i digress i digress so they did the full album brave that they were never did it again shame it, it was a very short tour and i never played never played australia which is a you know one of those things when i think about it now australia is a long way away guys those are living who listen to me around the world and i've got listeners all around the world um yes, for for a European band coming here it's a long way, and it was even worse then um, because travelling long distance then was a bit more arduous now, with business class and all this sort of stuff, and the fast jets, you can go from London to Perth in 17 hours, and then from Perth to Sydney in 5 or 6, you know, it's not too bad Um, it's arduous, I've done it, it many times, but it's not it's not as bad as it was then and and so I hope that bands like Genesis, if they ever reform, and Pete, would, if you listen to this, please reform the band before Collins dies. He's not very well. Um, God forbid, poor thing. Poor bugger, he's really unwell. Um, I would love them to do it again, but they probably wouldn't do Lamb anyway. They'd probably do um, Foxtrot or Selling England, which would still be amazing, but the Lamb would be unbelievable. But it's quite an arduous piece of music, I would imagine, to play live. I can imagine it's not the sort of music that you, once you finish it, you go, yeah, let's do it again. Because it's quite, um, quite, I mean, there's a great, great, wonderful piece on the, of, of um, oddness, uh, 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 of instrumental piece that really does, I would imagine, take a lot of effort out of them. Uh, and you'll know what it is when you listen to it. I'm not going to give it away. I want you to listen to the album. You'll know which one I mean when you hear it. Don't skip it. Please don't skip it. Just because you think it's a bit strange, let the strangeness flow over you because it does tie in with the story of the album and Gabriel's concepts. Um, yeah, that's me for now. I would love to know what you think. If you do want to you know, actually analyse the, the lyric of the songs, come to my, web, my Facebook page, um, Heavy Metal Tones, and message me. Let me know what you think. Uh, just reach out. Tell me, do you like the album? Um, what did you think about me doing... A prog album on a metal heavy metal show did you like it i hope you didn't mind it um i don't i know it's my show and i'll do what i want to do so on mentality but i also don't want um, to um to uh alienate any of my listeners i really hope you enjoyed it i loved thinking about it again I, again it's an album that i just i if any reason for me to listen to i'll take it any reason for me to think about it i will try the deprivation thing try the hot bath if you've got a bath um try the um the bedroom or the sofa wherever your music is set up um you know keep in the dark quiet noise cancelling headphones really help because they need to block out everything else around you obviously um be careful because like me i've done it before and got in a lot of trouble with my wife because she hasn't i haven't heard her she called me down for dinner um and she's coming upstairs screaming at me and i did not see because of the headphones are so good i was so away in the music i didn't know what was happening but anyway that's it you know just be careful to know your surroundings around you um funnily now i keep my phone by the side of me and i said to my wife text me (laughs) and when the phone lights up or buzzes i'll know um that it's dinner anyway that aside i hope you enjoyed lamb i know i did um it's always good to have a little lamb on sundays i don't know this is a vegetarian saying that i didn't you know or the equivalent I'm a veggie lamb on Sundays I do play it mainly on Sundays actually strangely enough It's a day that I enjoy to play on um, Sunday afternoons Because it's when I'm off and I can relax Anyway That's enough for me this week uh, Next week's episode is quite an interesting one It comes from a conversation that I had with um, My good friend John uh, Recently uh, And it's something that I've been thinking of a lot Of late because it's actually affected me And it's affecting a lot of people And I think that uh it is something that needs to be said so i hope you enjoy this i'm also going to be interviewing um the lead singer of soil work and night flight, uh, night flight opera um this week uh, so eventually that'll be out on metal Ruse once that's out and going and i've had it, it's been out for a few weeks i will then upload it to the show here so that we can listen to it fans can listen to it without having to uh, try and hunt it down through other websites anyway talk to you next week guys Bye for now.